Welcome to the Financial Coaches Network, a show to help financial coaches build and grow successful coaching businesses by focusing on the three pillars, getting clients, working with clients, and running the business. I'm Garrett Fulbin. Over the first four years as a coach, I grew a successful financial coaching business to over 80K in annual revenue. And I'm Joshua Escalante Troche. As a tenured professor of entrepreneurship and a consultant, during the past two decades, I've helped more than a thousand entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to Financial Coaches Network podcast. Emily, what are we talking about this week? Today, we are covering a topic that I do not think we've covered before, but it's asked a lot in the community, and that is, how do I develop an elevator pitch? And uh, it's a good one, and it's one I think that a lot of people have their opinion on it, right, about what's good. <laughs> yeah. And I think it'd be, it's a really good topic for us to cover because we, we spend a whole week on it in launch, mm-hmm. and so I remember putting a lot of time into this, a lot of thought into it. And I thought it would be a good topic to cover. Yeah. So, well, is there so can I you maybe, start? yeah, I have so an idea I, of where I want to start, but okay. is there anything you want to start? Yeah. I just want to kind of maybe summarize a little bit of what I wrote because it gets asked a lot and everybody has their opinion. I just want to kind of summarize a few things that I, that I saw some trends and yeah. then kind of my favorite response. So first it was, some people say, oh, well, I ask a question first. So they state the problem. So they kind of rope them in that way. Like, oh, well, have you ever had problem with debt kind of thing? And then they ask more questions and then they kind of give what sounds to me a little bit like a sales pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, some people talk about telling a story. So like kind of a Don Miller's story brand idea. But what I really liked was this one, which was from Derek. And he said, this is from a couple years ago, I think. He said, I'm glad elevator pitches work for you guys. I have not had success with them and don't respond favorably to receiving them. (laughs) So that is what really what I want to talk about today is how can we develop an opening line that isn't salesy, that doesn't turn people off immediately? Yeah. So I think the big, the biggest issue, and I like the concept of the naming of elevator pitch, but I think it creates a problem, which (laughs) is... It's seen as a pitch, right? Right. And so when you approach it as a pitch, I am pitching my business. You are in a position where you're likely not going to succeed because no one wants to be pitched to. Right. Not even us. (laughs) Not even us. Yeah, no one does. So if you are coming at it from the perspective of, well, I need to come up with a pitch. It's an elevator pitch. It's right there in the name. Right. (laughs) You're already setting yourself behind the eight ball. So we're calling it that, but we don't really mean that is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you you don't want it to be a pitch. You, you want it to be a conversation. Right. And that's a, that's a really important component. No one likes being pitched to people like having conversations. No one likes to be pitched to. Right. Uh, The story brand idea is great. Uh, the problem is most people are not very compelling storytellers. Me included. (laughs) Yeah. So you have to be really, really careful because a lot of times what you see with telling a story 
is, and you can, if you watch it from the outside, you will see the person's interests dissipate very, very quickly. <laughs> yes. It might even walk away. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, you know, that, that's the danger of, of storytelling is unless it's a really compelling story, immediately the person is thinking, why, why are you telling me this story? I don't care. I don't know these right. people. I don't, right. Why, why would I care? And so, you know, for those of you who, who think, oh no, well, how hard could it be to craft a story? There are professional storytellers with teams of people, multi-million dollar actors, script writers, editors, and the movies flop. So yeah, it's, it can be very hard to tell a compelling story, right? The Flash movie is a great example of that, right? I mean, lots of money went into that. Big name actors, well-known characters, the movie flopped. So yeah, that can happen. <laughs> So it's hard yeah. to tell a compelling story. It, it honestly really, really is. And so that's the danger of going that story route. I'm not saying st story is not a good idea, right? I'm a big fan of story across all of marketing, right? right. I'm a big fan of story across all of teaching, right? Story is, is really this, important, but it's hard. Is the story maybe better for further down in the conversation and not in that opening line? I would say that that's a likely scenario. You can have elements of the story in the opening line and in the beginning of the conversation, but you know you have to be really, really compelling to just break into a story. <laughs> like a professional. <laughs> yeah, you have to be a professional storyteller to do that. Yeah. And most people just aren't. Right. So it's not so that the story is bad, it's just, probably not a skill set that the average coach has. So what's what's the best thing? So somebody asks you, what do you do? What's a good opening line? It depends How do you craft on what, an opening line? Yeah, it depends on what I want. So uh, I'm going to give a somewhat flippant response that's not mine, but I love the response, right? <laughs> Which is, you know, if I'm on an airplane and I don't want to talk to the person next to next to me, I'll tell them I'm a financial <laughs> advisor. <laughs> Right. So if you say I'm a financial coach, that's pretty much the same territory. You'll stop the conversation right then and there. <laughs> yeah. And so. And that's not true of all professions, because that's one of the things I saw people say is like that it's it's good to just say what you do, because if somebody says, oh, I'm a doctor. Right. That just tells you what they do. But but with a financial coach, it's it's kind of a it's a it's a that's a comment that will stop the conversation. Right. Yeah. People don't want to talk to you because they think you're going to pitch to them, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you go into a sales pitch and you have. <laughs> and then you just so, Exactly. Yeah. So you just confirmed all their fears. Yes. So, you know, that's that's the, you know, if you say I help people with budgets and, and debt and those types of things. Okay. That's still going to be feeling like I'm a financial coach or I'm a financial advisor, right? That's not really going to be helpful. If you have something that is tied to a specific need that a person has, right, that your niche has, and you talk about that, that is going to do one of two things. That is either going to open up the conversation because they have that need, or that is going to shut down the conversation. They don't. <laughs> they don't, yeah. Right. And a lot of people look at that as a failure. 
But think about any other natural conversation you have. If you go up to someone and you say, hey, so so what do you do? And hopefully your husband doesn't walk by while I say this and while we're having this conversation. And they say, (laughs) oh, I'm a divorce attorney. (laughs) Right, right. Right. If you are thinking about getting divorced, that is going to open up a lot of conversation with that person. You're going to, your eyes are going to go wide. You're just curious about some things, you know, no reason, just curious about it, right? If you're not thinking about getting divorced, you're going to go, oh, okay, that's cool. And then, so, uh, you know, do you have a pool? <laughs> right, you move on. You move on. How about yeah, that weather? Right? I know, I know you're a divorce attorney. Wonderful. Let's talk about the next subject, right? right. Not right. because you don't care, not because you're not interested, not because you hate divorce attorneys, but just because, okay, I got my question answered. Now let's yeah. continue on with the conversation. And that's the dynamic you want to have in your elevator pitch. Yeah. Right? But I've yeah. had people even say, oh, that's interesting. Can you tell me more? Even if they're not, if it's not for them, if they're not military, mm-hmm. I still had people be curious about what it is. So, and here's the key thing, because you are really, really specific, because you said, uh, oh, I do X, Y, Z for military families who are transitioning from the military to civilian life, right? Yeah. You've just gone through and you unchecked a bunch of boxes. Oh, I don't, I'm not in the military. I'm definitely not transitioning to civilian life. I, oh, good. I am not going to get sold to. So now I'm saying right. Right. that's true. And, and I'm actually curious. Yeah. yeah, true. And so a big part of this is it back to why we focus on niche so much, why there's, we spend a ton of time and resources and videos and everything else in all of our memberships, right? Around the idea of niching is it, it's because it's going, if you really focus in on that niche, People who are in the niche are going to engage. And the more specific it is, the more they're going to engage. And people who are out of the niche are going to have positive conversations with you because you've unchecked the boxes. I'm not going to get sold to. So great. I can actually have the conversation. And that gives you a comfortable place to practice and build confidence and build um, this sort of just mental resiliency of oh, these are good, positive conversations, right? Right. And and hopefully it gives you an opportunity to practice just having a conversation with that with someone without pitching to them. Yeah, that's what's been great about it. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I was saying I, I went back and re- revamped. I pulled out my launch week three. Well, it was week four for us, but week three now. Yeah. Um, my my homework and um, and kind of rewrote it, but it was... It was easy because I've had a lot of these conversations just casually with people that aren't even my niche. Um, and it has led to like, oh, well, I, hey, I know somebody, I'm especially, I live here in Colorado Springs. There's a ton of military here. So like, oh, I know so-and-so who's in the military. Maybe they could use your help. So um, yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been great having, just having conversations about it. And it's like you said, it's good practice and it's kind of fun talking about it, right? Yeah. We like what yeah. we do. And so that's how you want to look at the elevator pitch is, it's literally just how would I answer that question of what do you do in a way where I'm not selling to the person, but in a way yeah. that's specific enough. And this is the challenge, right? How do I do it in a way that's specific enough 
so that if they do have that problem, if they are in that niche, that they can recognize it without you having to pitch it to them. And that's that's the key thing, right? You want them to recognize it, not you to tell them about it. Yeah. And you you can't, and that's that is how to develop an elevator pitch is really getting focused on a very specific niche, identifying a very core need that they have, not a generic need of I'm feeling stressed out about debt, right? But a very specific core need that they have. And then from there, being able to turn that into a natural conversation. Right. Right. The reason why, I mean, doctors get get annoyed at how much business they get, right? From casual conversations, right? Right. Oh, yes. Right. Yes, you ever I've talk to a doctor yeah. and they say, you ask them, how, what do you do? Half the time, especially, you know, more experienced doctors, they are a little bit annoyed by the questions like, oh, God, it's coming, right? Well, Hey, can you I, tell I'm me card- about my toe? I'm a cardiologist. <laughs> and they're like, oh, great. Can I ask you questions about it, right? Right. And, you know, that would be a very, that is exactly what you want as a financial coach, right? Is this idea of, oh, I, I'm really excited about what you do. And I have a bunch of questions so that you have the opportunity to say, answer some questions and then say, hey, why don't we schedule an appointment, Right. Right. Doctors get so annoyed by those opportunities <laughs> because they have them so often. Right. Yeah. And the reason is not because they practice their sales pitches so much. It's because they're not trying to sell. Right. They're really very, very specific. I'm a cardiologist. And that person knows either A, I have that need or B, I don't. And the conversation moves on if they don't. And if they do have that need, it's a very specific felt needs need. And, and that's, that's you need to get to that point of having a very, very specific felt need that the majority of people don't have so that people feel comfortable in the conversation if they're not in that market. And if they are, it's so specific, it doesn't feel like a pitch. Right. And yeah. That's, that's the challenge. Right? And that's how you get it. We're going back to our what I originally said, or what we originally talked about is you can't make it a pitch, right? So that's right. how you make it not a pitch. <laughs> so it can't be generic. Because I saw a lot of those, like I help people get control of their money. Yeah, that's a very common one. I help <laughs> yep. people pay off debt and save for yep. their future, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I I think one of the key things that you can ask yourself to determine, is it generic or is it going to be successful? And I think this is a really, really good way of doing it is I want you to imagine the sleaziest (laughs) financial advisor salesperson you can find. Hey, I got him. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah, you say, I got, yeah which night. means you're speaking of a specific person yes. that you or someone you know had an interaction with. All right. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> Could that person use the exact statement that you're making in order to easily transition into selling their product? 
And if the answer is yes, then that is probably not specific enough. And it is probably going to raise those little red flags, right? Because if you came up with something relatively generic, thousands of other people also came up with that same generic thing. It's why it's called generic. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally the definition so, of generic. <laughs> so don't go back and search like I did for elevator pitch because there's a ton of posts about it and just copy somebody else's. Yeah. The format, maybe. Formats might be okay. Structure, yes. The right? structure. Shorter, yeah. better than longer, correct? Shorter is always better than longer. <laughs> yep. For that first line, for sure, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so for structure, but then you need to have that very, very specific. You know, my example with military families and transitioning, very, very, very specific in what their, their needs are. So yeah. you got to figure that out, right? Before you can develop your pitch. Yeah, your pitch is worthless. Developing a pitch is, is worthless if you don't have a niche, right? Now, can you have yeah. success? Absolutely. You can have right. a very salesy pitch. And if you are confident enough, aggressive enough, do it enough, comfortable with rejection, comfortable with people thinking of you as a salesperson, uh, and you just do it a lot, you will have success. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, something that has a 0.1% success rate can make a lot of money if you do it 500 times a day. Yeah. I mean, literally. <laughs> right. right. Some people do that. Yeah. Yep. And, and that is, you know, realize that, and, and a lot of sales training is about those numbers, right? And there's truth to that, right? You, you, even if you have a good one, you still have to be comfortable having those conversations, right? Right. But, you know, you don't have to force those conversations so aggressively if you have a good one. And if you have the mindset of, I am not trying to sell everyone. I have a very, very specific niche. And if the person's not in my niche, then we're just going to talk like I would talk with anyone else. Yeah. Is it possible then to, okay, so that first one-liner, you can probably write out and practice it and see if it works, mm -hmm. right? Because it's relatively short. What about yeah. that second, like, let's say they say, oh, I'm that's interesting. Can you tell me more? What about that second part? Is that something that you can kind of, not necessarily script, but kind of map out what you think you would want to cover? Yeah, I think that scripting it in the beginning is a good idea. The... But you want to be very clear about why you're scripting it, right? So you, you're not scripting it so that you have something canned that you can repeat. Right, because it right? will sound canned. Because it'll sound canned because it's going to be like, well, that doesn't really have to do with what I said, right? You're just really <laughs> hoping that the person says exactly the words that you wrote in the script on the other side. Right, right? exactly. Uh, which would be a really great way to meet people, just to walk up and, and when they say, oh, what do you do? Hold on. Here's your script. All right. <clears throat> We're starting on line three, by the way. <laughs> right. That could be actually really interesting. Be, yeah, it'd be pretty funny, right? You're helping me practice. Yeah. Hope you're okay with that. <laughs> but the uh, when we look at the you know, writing out a script, it's not to have a script that you repeat word for word. But writing out a script, this sort of idealized version of how the conversation can go, and then taking that idealized version, that script, and saying, okay what are the key elements, 
What are the key ideas? Not the key words or sentences, but what are the key ideas that was a part of that script that I wrote that I want to make sure become my bullet points for when I'm having a conversation that throughout the conversation I want to bring up at some point. Again, not sales pitches, not what are the five benefits or whatever else, right? right? What are the elements? What are the key ideas that were a part of that script that I liked that I want to make sure that if an opportunity naturally arises, I'll bring that up. Yeah. I've found that um, people respond to pain points in now this is just my Mm -hmm. niche. I don't know. I don't know what it is for everybody. Everyone responds to pain points. Uh, Right. Right. But I don't know, like as far as your niche goes, is it specific, but, but you're right. There is, there is, there are studies that say that people like respond more to pain points than they do with the positive side. Yeah. Um, People, people respond to greed and loss. Those are the two primary emotions that drive us. And we respond to fear of loss more than greed. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Well, that's, I guess that explains why my pain points are resonating with people. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, but if, like in that case, I, I mentioned a few pain points and a little bit about how I help, but then they often latch onto one of those pain points. Like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that that happened. And so we would talk a little more about one of those specifically. So you can't really have the whole thing scripted. Um, but you right. can have ideas at least have like, so I've done a ton of research going through launch. I've done a ton of research yeah. around those pain points and where they come from. And I know a lot more of the background behind them. And so having that research really helps me be able to have a conversation about it. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, the lost value that people don't realize until they get into it of having that deep research is you just know a lot. So it's easier to have a natural conversation. You're right. 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 It doesn't have to be a sales pitch. You don't have to force people down a road because you just have a lot of research on your specific niche. And so you're more well equipped to have a natural conversation. Right. Yeah. You know, if you think about kind of think about it from the perspective of if you're going to go to a a party where you're going to have a you're going to talk with a bunch of quantum physicists. Right. There's a bunch of quantum physicists at that party. Okay. If you do 10 minutes of quick key things that you want to learn about quantum physics, right? Okay. Mind you, there's billions of things, all sorts of nuance, so on and so forth. But you've got like 10 facts about quantum physics that you now know. And you're going to go into every conversation and try and steer that conversation to one of those 10 facts. (laughs) You already know how bad those conversations are going to go. Yeah. Right. It's kind of the same thing when you try to force things into the 10 things that I have with my business. Right. I'm going right. to hear that conversation there. Whereas the, if you have a really deep knowledge of your of your audience, you can you can just have a more natural conversation because wherever they want to go, you've got stuff to talk about because you've got that deep research. Right. Right. That's a part of the elevator pitch. It's not to pitch your business. The elevator pitch is to start the conversation to allow that conversation to unfold. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to have that substance behind the conversation to be able to allow it to unfold in a positive way to actually turn into a client. Yeah. And, you know, I rewatched one of the launch videos this morning to prep um, because it's been a while since I watched it. And uh, there's some great stuff at the end of that video about talking like kind of how to close it uh, without mm-hmm. it being salesy again. And that, that for me, again, was, was really important um, because I think that's where I lack that I, so I'm like, okay, I need to bring that back in. Now that I've got the conversation part, I really need to bring that. Like, how do I then transition that to like, hey, 
if you have more questions, right. That's, I think that's what you say. If you have more questions, yeah. uh, here's my card or, but if they, if they weren't interested, then it's a little touchier, right. You gotta be careful about handing out your card if they didn't really seem interested. <laughs> yeah. And I would say you don't hand out your card if they don't seem interested. Right. Right. You know, it's one of those things, um, you know, if you have to realize everyone is watching the interactions that you have with everyone else. Right. And so if, you know, it's kind of like if you are a, if you're trying, if you're at a party and you're dating, right. And you are just really, really mean to anyone that comes up to you that you're not interested in. Right. Everyone else is watching that. Right. Right. Not only does it reflect on you, it also makes people that you might be interested in less likely to come up to talk to you. <laughs> right. Right. The same thing with you're at a party and you're looking for potential clients. Right. If you are handing your card out to every single person you have a conversation with, that card is no longer special. Ah, uh, that's true. Right. If they've seen you have, if someone has seen you had 12 conversations and you never handed a card out once, and then with them, based on that conversation, you hand your card out, that feels like it's a, you're actually doing something for them as opposed to right. just trying you're to get trying, Yeah. And so, yeah, everything with regards to the sales pitch, that initial conversation, that elevator pitch process you cannot approach it as a pitch because the more you do that right the end intention is still the same right yeah but the more you approach it as a pitch the less successful it's going to be it goes back to that comment from derek which basically yeah. says yeah they don't work for me and it's probably because because he's tried these other methods and it really get rid of the word pitch and say conversation yeah <laughs> right Cause that's what it yeah. is. An elevator conversation. Can we call yeah. it that now? <laughs> yeah. The, and the, and he, Derek also said they don't work on him. Right. Not true. They absolutely <laughs> do. He just doesn't realize when they do because they're not, yeah. they don't feel like a pitch. They feel like a exactly. conversation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. And so that's, yeah, that it, it, Derek's, that's really good insight into Right. If you've got your elevator pitch and you think, ooh, how would Derek respond to that? <laughs> yep. Right. WWDD. What would Derek do? Right. <laughs> um, there was one, there's one more comment that I found that I really liked. She mm -hmm. said that somebody taught her that that your your speech, your elevator conversation should pass the you should meet my sister test. So like at the end of the conversation, you want them to like, Hey, you should meet my sister, right? Like the whole idea that like, Hey, I should set you up with my sister here. Yeah. So that's the whole point. You should just be a conversation. They should like you and you should be interested in them. And yeah. Yeah. Not sale, not sell. Exactly. So we've accomplished it. Yeah. I don't know if you had anything else to add that you covered everything I wanted to cover. Nope. I'm good. Okay. If um, editors probably stopping it at the you should meet my sister test would be a good place to stop it. Yeah. Okay. 
And if anybody's interested, is watching this on Facebook and they're interested in the topic of an elevator, a networking elevator pitch or networking elevator conversation, let us know. That could be a potential future topic if you're interested in that. So like when you go into a networking event, it's a different conversation to each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It could be a different conversation for sure. Could be it's similar. Be slightly different but, because people are walking into it with a different perspective. Yeah. And you're, and there's potential for working with other people to help your clients. So look at it from that perspective too. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. So you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, it also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be, who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well. If you're ready to take the next step and build your successful financial coaching business, FCN has turnkey resources to help you get clients, work with clients effectively, and run your business efficiently. Head to Financial Coaches Network backslash start here or Financial Coaches Network backslash stall if you're Sean Connery. Thank you again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Financial Coaches Network podcast.